You are now listening to the Motivational Mentors Podcast with your hosts, Luke Burrows. Touch on morning routines. I think people have to find something that works for them. And Arsenio Buck. Hey, Arsenio, let's go party. Hey, party. If someone <laughs> asked me to party right now, Luke, come on. What the hell's a, par- a party? What? A-, a party for what? All right, guys, welcome back to Motivational Mentors with your hosts, Luberos, myself, and Arsenio Burke over there in Thailand. And today, guys, we have Mira Butler from South Africa joining us. Really looking forward to this episode. I spoke to Mira a few times and, yeah, really looking forward to this episode. So, Arsenio, are you on the line? Yes, sir, I'm here. And Mira, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, This is going to be an exciting one. It's my absolute pleasure, guys. No worries. No, it's ours. It's ours. So for those who don't know who you are, could you um, yeah, share a little bit about you and what you do, what you're working on right now? And then uh, I'll send you and I will fire some questions at you. Okay, awesome. So my, my story actually started a few years ago. I'm, I'm actually an admitted attorney. So I'm a lawyer by profession. And uh, yeah, so I've been working within the corporate environment for over 13 years. Um, I specialize within risk management, uh, financial services uh, in particular in terms of payments. And, you know, it, it, it took a toll on, on my, my personal life as well as my, my corporate life, the stress that you, you incur, the anxiety that comes with pressures involved. And that led me to my, my current passion, which is coaching. So um, I delved into uh, mentoring and transformation life coaching because I myself experienced a whole lot of pressures and I needed to focus on what was important, be more agile within the corporate environment. Wow. And so what I wanted to ask real quick was, um, you know, when it comes to, and I, of course, reading your bio, whatnot. I'm very fascinated with the entire NLP, especially. Let's see if we could dive yeah. into that, but yeah. in the business that you have out there. But, you know, just you being from South Africa in yeah. general, I'm very, I'm very captivated in terms of how is business out there? How are people in terms of mindfulness? Are people, you know, are they learning about this? Because I don't, again, I've only met like probably a handful of South Africans the last four years. And yeah. they are not, you know, in terms of yoga, as, you know, something you do in terms of mentorship and this and that. I don't know. Like, you know, run that through, you know, run that through. So it's not as prevalent as, as you would see mindfulness in first world countries. Unfortunately, you know, South Africa is always one or two steps behind in terms of that. We are heading towards that direction. So, you know, I'm working with, leaders and future leaders of tomorrow to bring mindfulness, you know, at the forefront, at the forefront of their boards, uh, meetings, looking in terms of increasing their, their consciousness, being more aware, because I truly believe um, having worked in that environment and still working within that environment of different projects that I do, um, the more aware you are of your own emotions, and the more that you can regulate them, the better decisions you'll be able to make for and on behalf of an organization, as well as the people that work with you. Mm. And so what's the response been from some of the the work that you're doing with uh, different leaders of organizations and that? So there's been a good uptake, but there's also, to be very honest, there has 
you know, some people are very apprehensive because it's a new concept. And I think when it comes to looking at and investigating new ways of doing things, there has to be an element of awareness. So the more we talk about this, the more breakfasts I'm invited to, uh, the more strategy consultations I can have with various executives uh, within the corporates, the, the better people will be able to understand. There is unfortunately a huge misconception when it comes to mindfulness because most people equate mindfulness to a particular religion because the basis is found within the East. You know, and, and that is, especially with regards to meditation and yoga, so, so that is where we need to completely sort of uh, destigmatize in a way what mindfulness is. Okay. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> I saw Luke smiling, and I'm like, uh-oh, I think her Wi-Fi. Mira, are you there? Okay, I think she's there. Yeah, she's there. Okay. <laughs> it's that, it's that South African Wi-Fi. That's what that is. It's that South African Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, maybe someone stole the cables. <laughs> okay, it's a little cracky, Luke. It looks like you're going to have to do something or just give it to the VA. She could do it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, so sorry, Luke. Go ahead. No worries. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, Mira, you're kind of breaking up, but no worries. We can kind of uh, try and edit it as much as we can. Um, so, yeah, we kind of lost what you were saying towards the end now. I don't know if you could repeat some of that. Uh, what was the last thing that you guys heard? <laughs> yeah, Luke. <laughs> um, last thing I heard. Um, so, you were talking about. I, I have no idea. I've forgotten now. Yeah, the You're last thing I heard was like, oh, I was just, uh, it was like, 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 like screams and stuff. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Now, okay, I'm going to shift the focus. I'm going to shift the focus just a little bit. Now, again, like in terms of mindfulness, we brought on other people who have ta- uh, talked about mindf- uh, mindfulness and whatnot. And I love it because, you know, when it comes to discipline, I'm not for discipline. I'm more for mindfulness. And people who implement this into systems, they're more prone to have a change instead of just disciplining someone. It's kind of like telling a child, hey, you're very bad. Stop doing this. Detention, detention, detention. Well, if you actually switch from disciplinary action to mindfulness uh, or becoming mindful in doing things that can elevate a human being, those disciplinary actions will have to, you know, they'll be no longer. So I wanted to hurry up and point out your key drivers, your three key drivers, which are growth, happiness, and personal success. Why do you think these are your three personal drivers or why have you created them to be your three personal drivers? Um, Because they have made me who I am today uh, because of my personal circumstances that I experienced. That is what drives me. That is what gives me purpose every single day in the morning. So, yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of mindfulness, it's helped me get, it's helped to get me there. It's a way of life. It's not, it's not a chore. And if you change that mindset, you know, the world is your sister, literally. Mm. And so I'm kind of interested on those, on those drivers and that in terms of like the journey you went on, like to, I don't know, to create them or to uncover them, you know, um, I think that could be valuable for our, um, our listeners. 
So I actually climbed the corporate ladder. I became Zek still in, in my early 30s. And, you know, I think, not I think, I definitely know that technically I was ready for that position. But emotionally I wasn't, mm. you know. So I didn't have the EQ that was necessary to lead a team of 70 plus people within um, a financial institution. And because of that, I experienced a lot of stress and strain. And I was diagnosed with, you know, severe depression and anxiety. On the flip side of it, in terms of my personal life, you know, I was newly married. Um, I had just given birth to my son. And on... Unfortunately, my husband had been diagnosed with a personality disorder. So there was a lot of pressure coming from both sides. And, you know, when you're in a corporate environment, you're basically walking in every day with a mask on. You know, you cannot, like, come into work and literally sort of not be uh, fully composed for the time that you're there. So it was very difficult for me to to deal with both corporate pressure as well as personal. And I literally broke down. And I did the usual thing where I, I, I consulted um, a psychiatrist, I went to meds, and that helped me immensely. But I always felt that there was something missing. It, it, it numbed the emotion, but I didn't feel anything. You know, I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel passion. I didn't, I didn't feel a lust for life. Um, and that is when my journey down the spiritual path took place. And I investigated mindfulness techniques such as yoga and meditation. And I went one step further into understanding the subconscious mind, learning more about NLP, quantum physics, all of those good things. And in doing that, I rebuilt and rediscovered myself. And that is why my drivers have have changed for me. It's not all about uh, being part of the C-suite, making X amounts bonuses every year. My, my key drivers are to touch people's lives, to if I could make one person feel and, and understand and look at things differently, have a different perspective on life, I mean, my job is done. So, so, so that is why I've shifted in terms of what I do. That, that is why personal success, happiness, that's what's important to me. Sonia, do you have anything? Yeah. Um, you know what? I don't think I've ever created pillars. Now, like with the Arsenio Buck Foundation, which is something I would love to kick off, you know, in parts of Africa and whatnot. Um, I have four pillars, but those focus on different specific needs. But I don't have like the overall pillars of my life. Do you think it's essential for us to set that up? Because I don't know. Now that you know th these three, these these key drivers that you have, it's kind of like you know your th this is your core, your value, everything that you yeah. are. It's within these three. How important is it for everyone to set up these types or yeah, like pillars in general? to identify, well, not to identify who they are, but to stand for who they are. Is that very important? It's essential. If you don't understand what your values are, what your key drivers are, it's like heading towards a destination without a map. Like, yeah, you get there, 
right? But you may get there after like 10 years. Whereas if you have like GPS coordinates, I mean, the direction which you're going is much easier. And the journey to getting there is, you know, more fulfilling. So for me, when I, when I chat to clients, I mean, that is the sort of foundation on which we, we base all our, our strategies and techniques. What, is, what do you value in life? What is important to you consciously? And then we ask questions based on the subconscious mind to evaluate whether the two are actually in sync. Because what happens is that 95% of the time, you know, our subconscious leads the way. And, and we're not steering our boat in the direction we want to steer it in. Okay, so we may, for example, find that our career, for example, is of utmost importance to us. But what do we do the majority of the time? Well, we're, we're sitting and maybe we're catching up on Netflix, right? It's not really lining up to, to, to our values. So, so for me, in order, in order to, to create that direction, in order to steer the ship, we have to build those fundamental and understand where we're going. Mm. So for me, um, I went through kind of a little bit of a similar process in terms of finding out what my life values were. But I'm curious in, you know, if somebody goes through that process, I mean, you have like the three pillars. Like, is there a, I don't know, would you recommend like a certain number of pillars to have? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, like I'm assuming somebody who has multiple passions. So like, you know, like, and, and the same with like when I was going through the kind of like the process like I was talking about with my life values, like I kind of, you know, there was quite, quite a few. So then it was quite difficult to narrow it down to maybe three or four or five. Do you know what, do you know what I'm saying? So we usually start off between six and eight. And guys, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's South African Wi-Fi. It's rubbing off on our Wi-Fi. What's happening? Um, just to, so <laughs> I was I was thinking, do you just want to try audio? Would that be better? Is it the video that's causing it to like buffer in that? Would all, just audio be fine or what's your thoughts? I don't know. What do you think? You I mean, if we switch to, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Let's just keep going. It's all good. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so what I would suggest is that people look at between six and eight pillars to start off with, and then slowly, you know, whittle it down to what they feel comfortable with. If you tell someone who, who hasn't really been through this entire process, well, what are your three major pillars or three major values? It, it, it can be quite daunting. So we usually start with between six and eight, and, and those are something that should be very poor and important to you so so every pillar is individualistic per se makes sense okay i'll send you okay um you know it's it's interesting luke and i were going to be doing this live show and we actually go over the eight categories of life yeah. so the eight categories of life that would be personal development doo, 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 physical environment <laughs> romantic, romantic relationships career health wealth fun and hobbies family and friends so yes. I kind of create balance in there. And of course, all in each category, there are subcategories. So of course, health, that isn't just physical health. That's of course what you eat. And that's especially what you have up here, your mental health. And so I've been focusing on that for like the past two years. And I've used that as a guidance, uh, a guidance tool, whatever you want to call it, my GPS system, my inner GPS yeah. system. 
Yeah. Because anytime I feel wrong in a specific area, I hurry up and make a course correction. Yeah. You know, so if my physical environment completely falls down, I hurry up and say, why is that? Oh, this job? Okay, well, fuck you guys. And I leave <laughs> and I left. Uh, <laughs> I swear, man, I left my job. And that was the best decision I ever made in my life, Mira, I'm telling you. But nonetheless, I kind of base it off that. But it's it's still essential that I need to set up those pillars. So that's some really, really good. That, that's some great uh, information that you just shared with us. So what I really wanted to talk to you about was, um, you know what, before we go into that, if we have time to go in that, we'll go into that. But a negative emotion therapy yeah. practitioner. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. This is good. This is good. Because again, like I told Luke, I had my awakening uh, about five weeks ago. And now I am free from all the things I used to tell myself for, from, for like six and a half years. Being here in Thailand, racial discrimination, primarily from women. But now none of that phases me anymore. And now I feel like Oh my God, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. So negative emotion therapy practitioner. Fill us in what that is. So there's two ways of dealing with negative emotions. The one is uh, very similar to acupuncture therapy. Okay? So we have about 108 um, nodes, or energy points within our body that actually it's like a vortex which contains all of these negative energies. And if you tap on those certain points within your body, you're able to release that negative energy. So that is, that is one way of doing the practice. And the other way is through transformation coaching. So using NLP techniques, you know, uh, where we specifically hone on, on those types of negative emotions or limiting beliefs such as, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving. And what we often find with clients is that as soon as you, it's like an onion. So as soon as you peel one layer off, there is some underlying negative emotions still present within the individual that they haven't, they're not cognizant of or they're not aware of. And what we don't realize is that, you know, these beliefs have been formed or formulated from the time of conception up until the age of seven. So everything that we see, that we hear, that our parents have told us, you know, in terms of culture, religion, it's being instilled into our mind as children. And say, for example, we have an incident at work uh, where someone says, oh, this, this opinion that you've given, it's not that great. It gets sort of attached to that original root cause of I'm not good enough. And so we have this long string of like pearls stuck within us, the conscious mind saying, I'm not good enough. And we need to ascertain the root cause of it and remove that from the root so that we no longer have that belief. So there's two ways in which we do that. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Go ahead, Luke. Awesome. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking on that. I think for, like for our listeners, <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like this isn't an overnight process, is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that so, was a six and a half year process for me, Luke. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so I'm thinking, you know, like for Mira, for our listeners, could you, I, I don't know, like kind of help them to, I don't know, maybe realize or you know, like you see, I'm going with this, like actually, you know, just you know, to start that process to overcoming those things that are holding mm. them back, and you know, it's not going to be this time next week that you know, kind of 
like Arsenio, you're on cloud nine. However, for you know, for every person, it's going to be a different time, different time period. For Arsenio, um, it was six and a half years. You know, so I don't know. I kind of want to stress that to our listeners because I feel that's important. So I think everyone needs to understand that it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. And we need to we need to enjoy every process, every emotion that we go through. Uh, along this journey and yes it's not an overnight thing Um, and start small you know don't try to overwhelm yourself with too many things what I found was very helpful for me when I first began this journey is to learn how to meditate understand what meditation is to be able to meditate and include that in my daily uh, routine at least um, to start off with I literally started off with meditating at least 10 minutes a day now it's gone to 20 minutes twice a day. But that's over years. I also then started incorporating yoga. Started off with 15 minutes a day. Because yoga is literally, it's, it's the union of body, mind, and spirit. So it helps you become aware through breath of the present moment. And as soon as we start becoming more consciously aware, as well, so, so meditation does the exact same thing, yeah? It rewires your brain so that you're more focused on the present moment. So the more we engage in these mindful practices every single day, the more we're able to rewire our brain, the more we're aware of our emotions and the more we can regulate. When we are aware of the fact that, oh, fuck, I'm feeling like really shit today or this person irritated me, that's when we can sit back and ask ourselves, but why am I feeling like this? Is it really that person? that made me feel that way? Or is it some ingrained belief that I have that perhaps, for example, I'm not good enough? Or if you're in like a shitty relationship that you're putting up with it, you know, if you're you're just on autopilot all the time, you're not consciously aware of your feelings and your actions, you don't question it. So then then you ask yourself, okay, why do I put up with this? Do I not feel that I'm deserving? of a better partner or of love. And then we slowly investigate. And, you know, the journey is not all hearts and flowers. It's going to be difficult. I had many days where I literally cried myself to sleep. And, I mean, I'm not perfect. You know, no one is. I'm still on that journey. And, yes, maybe it seems as if I'm put together and my Instagram photos are really cool. But, you know, there's days where where I still, like, get upset. And I still cry myself to sleep, but I'm more aware of why this is happening. And I understand what I need to do in order to heal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you mentioned there, like the mindfulness practices, obviously yoga and and meditation and that. Is it about, you know, kind of our listeners finding something to start with that works for them? Like for some people, it might be yoga for others. It could be something else. Yeah. So there's different techniques and, and everyone is different. So for me, I, what worked for me was definitely meditation and yoga and then actually uh, going through the coaching techniques that I now do with my clients. So, so that was like an awesome experience for me. That's why I amalgamate three. Um, for other people, it could be journaling. That's really good as well. And some people may find hypnotherapy works pretty well. So it's just investigating different ways in which to self-heal and what would work 
So it's a little bit of research on our side, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was going through things, uh, probably about four years ago, I first discovered meditation. And I remember it was a Bob Proctor uh, recording. And again, back in 2015, there weren't nearly as many like motivational videos or meditationists or anything on YouTube. So when I used to listen to this, I would listen to this every day before I went to work. And honestly, I just felt on top of the world. I really did. Because that still time that you're talking about, that time that you're alone, that time that you focus on the now, that's like, oh my God, a lot of people miss out on that vital area of life. And so again, just figuring out things that are more suitable for you and whatnot, and you know, just finding a system. You know, That's basically what I've developed. That's what Luke has developed. And that's what we've been talking about. So very well, I guess you could say very briefly. Well, it depends how much time. But NLP, I'm very interested in NLP. Again, I remember going to a little seminar in Luke. We've actually brought on a guy by the name of Rich Cohen. He's like the CEO of a gym out here that I go to. And he invited me to a seminar, which he hosted. And he ended up talking about NLP towards the end. And, you know, there is this NLP guy that a lot of people know about. He's been doing NLP coaching out here for a while. And so a lot of people are discovering what this NLP is. But for those listeners out there who want to know what this is about, what is it in brief? Okay, so the acronym NLP stands for Neurolinguistic Programming. And what we do during um, Neurolinguistic Programming is that we actually work with the subconscious mind. So it's, it's similar, but not quite to hypnotherapy of what we're saying and the techniques that we're using. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just okay. breaking up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just breaking up a little bit. I know our faces were like, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Okay, so so you're still very consciously aware of what we're saying and, and the techniques that we're using, but we're specifically speaking to your subconscious mind. So what happens is that the subconscious mind um, retains all your memories, all your experiences that your conscious mind isn't even aware of. And by tapping into that, we then can ascertain exactly what perceives them, um, eradicate those, those, those emotions and beliefs that they, that they have. Awesome. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, like I've I've learned um, a little bit about it through some books and everything. Haven't obviously dived real deep into it, but kind of from what I know, it can go like pretty deep. So, so how would you recommend people kind of um, if they're interested in learning more about that? Like, where would they start? So, Luke, when you say when if they want to learn more about it, they themselves want to be an NLP coach. Or- um, what, they or, would or, well, so so start to you know um, kind of uncover some of these these things in in their in their own subconscious. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, and I, and I may be wrong because I'm specifically a, a transformational life coach. Mm. So the techniques that we use would be, you know, without 
having the I'm breaking up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I heard you saying that or so yeah, that's all like I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. I said it after my breath. I was like, he's got to break it up right now. He's got to break it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Sorry, good. It's okay. It's okay. So, so, so basically, in terms of NLP, it would be very difficult for an individual to do these techniques on themselves without having gone through the necessary training. And that is why I advise that instead of, you know, going down the NLP route, that you start off with meditation because that's something you can do yourself. You wouldn't need a coach. Mm-hmm. But if you want to delve deeper and you want to understand yourself better, you really want transformation, then it would be best to go to a coach who can help you through that process and apply those specific strategies and techniques. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Arsenio, do you have any um, like final questions or thoughts for, for Mary? Yeah, um, you know, when it comes to, oh man. So again, you going through, again, we've always dealt, we've all, we've all been through things in our life. It could be depression, it's been uh, overcoming different obstacles, this and that. You have been the person that has overcome a lot of things, but you've also amounted an amazing amount of success. Even being out there in Johannesburg, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, hearing Khaleesi, if I pronounced his name right, he was talking about, you know, the problems that were happening back home. Of course, while he was in Tokyo after he hoisted that wonderful rugby trophy. And nonetheless, you know, he was talking about the problems back home. So I'm just so amazed that, you know, you being as forward thinking, obviously, as you are, but in an environment that a lot of people deem to be like a little bit crazy. You know, how are you able in the midst of all that? I wouldn't say chaos. Now, I don't know. How, again, people might be taking it a completely different way, as I probably am. But again, like in terms of crime or in terms of this or that, you still maintain everything. You're still in a real in a fantastic niche where it could change thousands upon tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives around the world. How do you maintain that? How do you maintain everything that you're doing right now? with all the chaos that's around you or the noise. Let's, I wouldn't say chaos. It's not like burning and Terminator, Salvation, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not like that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I think you can apply this to any situation, but okay, it's all about respect. Yes. And for me, South Africa is the most beautiful country. You know, I've, I've traveled, you know, to, to many countries, um, Europe, the Americas, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because, you know, South Africa is my home, but, but it is the most beautiful country. You have the most welcoming people that live here, and it's, it's definitely all about perspective. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are not great right now, but there's so many things that are also working really well. So if we always zone in on the negative, you know, we can't really or we won't be able to reach our dreams or or our goals for that matter. So for me, it's definitely about perspective, not looking at the glass half empty, but looking at the glass half full. And, And if you can just switch that and 
abusive of, of your mindset, I mean, your entire life will change. And that is exactly what mindfulness does. It helps you look at things from a much broader perspective, you know, not through this sort of narrow tunnel vision. Yeah, so it's, for me, it's just about perspective. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's about focusing on the solutions, of, isn't it? You know, rather than uh, the problems and all the ne- negativity in that. So absolutely. Um, Mira, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Do you have any final thought, final thoughts, sorry, or words of inspiration for our listeners? Okay. Awesome. So, so basically, I think just a closing remark to everyone would be find your purpose and live your passion. Absolutely. There we go. Arsenio, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I'm such a, man, it's all about creation. And I think, you know, and we are creators in general. So when it comes to mindfulness, again, everything that you see around you, I've said this on so many different occasions, everything you see around you is a direct result of what you have embedded in your subconscious mind, your mainframe, your everything. Everything that you see, that is what you are. And so yeah. if it's not to your liking, let's start questioning things. Okay, well, I don't like it like this. I would like m- much rather, you know, like to have it like this. And so it's always about, again, being self-aware of your environment in general and then taking action, you know, just following mm-hmm. that up. So completely agree. So thank you so much, Mira, for coming on. Thank you, guys. Um, I think, you know, Arsenio, maybe just to add on to what you said, um, People are always looking outwards for change. You know, that person should have treated me differently or um, this situation should have changed. But change starts with yourself. And if you're happy and content on the inside, that is what's going to reflect on the outside world. You know, if, if you're not happy and you're frustrated, everything that you come into contact with, everyone that you meet, you'll feel that way. You know, you'll feel a lot of negative energy coming your way. But as soon as that changes on the inside everything else will change for you as well on the outside absolutely absolutely well mira where can people find you online if they want to learn more about what you do um and yeah potentially reach out so my website which is currently going to which is sort of i'm re-looking at it but the the address is still the same it's equndisturbed.com and then my insta account is at equndisturbed Awesome. So I will uh, link that in the description. So guys, if you want to learn more about what Mira does or connect with her, then definitely check out the link down in the description. Mira, thank you once again for coming on the show today. And guys, we will be back next week for another episode of Motivational Mentors. Share this episode with somebody who you feel needs needs to hear Mira's message. And uh, we will be back next week. So see you then. See you then. Did you find this episode helpful? If you did, please leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe. New episodes of the Motivational Mentors podcast are available every Friday.